We really think European butter from France is the best butter. And our friend, the expert baker and best-selling cookbook author David Leibovitz agrees. Check out our recent episode with David to find out how he cooks with quality butter. And for recipes, tips, and cooking advice, go to tasteeurope.com. I think a pizzeria like Franny's should be accessible to everybody, you know, as best as possible. There should be something for every single person in the community, for kids, for teenagers. So I'm trying to be as um, conservative as I can with my price increases, but I'm also, you know, I also have to run the business. Yeah. This is Taste. I'm your host, Matt Rodbard. Franny's is the poppin' pizzeria and restaurant located at the northern tip of the Jersey Shore in Highlands, New Jersey. When the shop's chef and owner, Maya Anitai, left a successful restaurant career in Richmond, Virginia, working at the legendary Mama Zoo in Dinamo, to move to New Jersey, she didn't know exactly what to expect. But what she has built over the past couple years is pretty extraordinary. Does Franny serve the best grandma slice in New Jersey? Perhaps. In this episode, Maya shares her journey and the pizza style that has earned her the attention of many in and around the New York metro area. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Maya Anitai, welcome to This Is Taste. Thank you for having me, Matt. Oh my gosh, I'm excited to have you in the studio to talk about Franny's, which I'm biased, obviously. Well, not obviously. Let's just be obvious here. You're my sister-in-law. You are my brother-in-law. I've known you for a minute, but the big but is like, I'm a fan of not just Franny's, but the restaurant you ran in Richmond, Virginia called Dinamo, which I've talked about with many guests on the show. Um, but we're here to talk about pie. Yeah. I want to hear first about Franny's. What's, where are you and what's your style? We are located in Highlands, New Jersey, which is at the very top of the Jersey Shore. Uh, we say it's where the Jersey Shore begins. It is right across from New York City. Uh, so you can see, you know, Staten Island. You can see the Verrazano from the end of the pizzeria when you're looking at the bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and pizza style. We do a New York style flour toss round. And we're also doing a square grandma pie as well as Sicilian. But the the flour toss New York style round and the square grandma, those are those are my two classics. Those are your classics. And I've, I've enjoyed many a slice. But <laughs> let's talk about grandma style, Nona style. Um, to you, what defines it? For me, it is definitely the oil pressed into the square pan. Now, I've seen other people do it in a round pan and call it a grandma, but I love the pinched corners of the grandma pie, which gives it the handle, as they call it. Yeah. And the handle is like truly one of the greatest, you know, food inventions, I would say, ever. Yeah. I'm always really surprised for profiling purposes on who wants (laughs) the middle part of the grandma pie. I do have some customers who specifically request no handles. Yeah. Uh, But for me, I'm a corner slice person. Yeah, I'm a corner as well. But like no handle order. I mean, what does that say about the person? I I would like to watch. Usually I don't get to watch them eat it. I wish I could watch them eat it. But, you know, you have to get it. You got to get it out with the spatula because it's right in the middle. So I'm getting it out with the spatula. It's going on the plate. And then I don't know if they fold it, if they're doing fork and knife. I'm not sure what it is, but 
they don't want the crust. My read of the non-handle is like, you want as much pizza in your mouth as possible. Yeah, that sounds right. Fast as possible. That sounds right. Like, <laughs> chewing is not required. Chewing is not required. You just slurp it all in one. <laughs> Maybe kids, I guess. Yeah. Kids don't always no. love crust. Who knows? It's true. And, and really, you have to be in the mood for crust, but it's pizza. It's pizza. Um, where did you learn to make pizza? I first learned uh, at Mama Zoo in Richmond, Virginia. Um, I was a bartender there for many years. I guess I worked there on and off for the better part of 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And the bartender was also making the tavern pies or the bar pies behind the bar while bartending. So that was where I made my first pizzas, oil press, round pies. So they were doing oil press. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool um, bit trial by fire. You're you're asked to make pies and like make Jack and Cokes too. Yeah, basically Jeez. while doing full service at the bar. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a very large bar, but you yeah. were also making the pizzas for the rest of the customers in the restaurant itself. So you know, you'd be servicing your bar, making the pizzas. Somebody would come and be like, "I need two large on T one." Yeah, so like, I mean, right. you'd turn your back to your customers and be like, "Hold on for a minute," and then bang out, you know, two large pies stick them in the oven, try not to get burned, and then go about the service. And be, like, presentable, like, while you're getting yeah. flour. I mean, there was a sink, but it was pretty <laughs> much uh, just going through bar mops like crazy, just wiping and yeah. continuing. I was always well moisturized at that job. Lots of olive oil. Lots of olive oil on the skin. Looking back at Mama Zoo, I want to hear a little bit about that restaurant because I think, as I mentioned, we've talked about on the show a bit, but it really was, in past tense, an institution in in the Southeast in America. What 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 does Mama Zoo mean to you? Well, it's definitely where I really gained my love of restaurants. I had been in restaurants since I was fourteen in Virginia Beach and you know other places in Richmond. But when I took that job, I got it when I was twenty one years old through a friend, um, and. You know, I I remember that the friend was like, hey, the owner's looking for people to work here. We lost a couple of staff members. He wants people who can sing. And I was like, why do you want people who can sing? (laughs) She's like, I don't know. He just likes people who sing. And later on, I realized a lot of that was because the Ed Visayo, the owner of Mama Zoo, was always super supportive of artists and musicians, which is how I managed to keep that job for so long. Because while I was an artist and musician, I would come back and forth in between tours. Um, so I guess, you know, he just thought people who could sing were funny, you know, they would have a little bit more lightness to them in, in the restaurant, which I believe is true as well. Um, but Mama Zoo was there 20, more than 25 years, unfortunately closed during the pandemic. Really, really sad to see it go. I mean, I know the space that Ed and your, your crew kept was so unique. I mean, it was really, it was a dark room and it, it it felt like an Italian American tavern in Chicago or Cleveland. It could have been in either of those cities. Totally. Yeah. It was definitely, I know a lot of people were like, when I would wait for service to open and the door would be open, people would be like, I don't want to, I don't know about this place. I don't want to go in here. But the line around the block, I mean, it was the smallest kitchen and these guys were just firing so hard. There wasn't, you know, no dish. There were actual dishwashers, not mm-hmm. electric dishwashers. Yeah. There was human dishwashers <laughs> um, and like five people in the tightest space you've ever seen just pushing out so much food yeah. so fast, so plentiful. And I loved every part of it. Yeah. And it, it really just observing you and I, I talked to a lot of chefs, it made you a really just exceptional operator. Um, and I want to get into that, Franny's, what, how you operate and, and really um, how I think you run a restaurant with a lot of empathy. And that's that's rare. Thank you. First, I want to talk about pizza in general. What excites you about pizza? First question. And second is, how did you end up in 
Highlands and and talk about the restaurant you took over. Sure. What excites me about pizza? You know, a lot of it for me really is that old, the Jewish mother style, Mm -hmm. like really liking to watch people eat a good pizza that came from my place from, you know, um, there's two parts. I like the customer aspect. It excites me when people have a slight, when I see somebody eat the grandma pie for the first time and they're like, what is going on here? Uh And I'm like, I know that first feeling. I love that. I also really like learning pizza hacks, which I didn't, you know, when you do the same thing for so long, you don't, you learn how to do what you're doing really well, but you don't always get to see the other side or other styles and how they work within your, your place. So when I took over Francesco's, now Franny's. It was a uh, it was a pizzeria for 40 years mm-hmm. in Highlands. Um, and the owner had been looking for, um, he'd actually sold twice and rebought the place. He had been looking for the right owner and it just didn't, the other two guys, one guy just wrote it into the ground. Yeah. The other guy during Sandy, uh, after Sandy was like, I'm done and just left. The so hurricane that the, destroyed a lot of the North yes. Jersey shore. Yeah. And and Fran- Francesco's at the time and all of Highlands was truly underwater, really was out of control. Um, I was still in Virginia at this point, but I've seen the photos. I hear the, the locals tell the stories. Um, so, you know, when once I met Giorgio and cut to the chase when I ended up buying the restaurant, mm-hmm. He showed me so many things that I never even knew about for the different styles that he had been doing for 40 years that were so interesting and that I was able to, you know, talk with my partners at Dinamo and use all these different hacks. And that really reinvigorated me a lot. That's cool. So you were you were, you were like passing on the, the knowledge that, that Giorgio gave you and, and you're passing on to your cooks now. Totally. And there was like things that I wish that I would have known in the beginning of Dinamo that could have put us in different directions, you know, at the time. And now I know I'm like, oh, that was how he got this crust to be crispy here, but soft here. That's how, like, different handling and storage methods and things like that. Is it tricky to take over from um, an operator who's had the business for 40 years and buy it from them? I mean, is it, it seems like, you know, a lot of these things, they move glacially and and, and really you needed to change some things to make it work for your style. Um, and did, did he like kind of like pop in too much? At some no. Point? In fact, I think he was and still is very self-conscious and or conscious about not stepping on my toes, but like being available for help. Uh, but, you know, he ran this place. It was like it was a, it was a, a boys club for sure. Mm-hmm. When I first came in, it was like he and all these older guys sitting around drinking espresso. Yeah. Spoiler, I don't have espresso anymore. <laughs> got Wait, rid of the at machine. a pizzeria? I mean, that's that's <laughs> definitely only for the staff. It was for the staff, yeah. or like the couple guys, that, you know, the neighbors. And, and I kind of dragged <laughs> it on for a while. But, yeah, I didn't do a rip the Band-Aid kind of thing because I realized in the town. Yeah. In Highland specifically, for 40 years, the people in that town had been eating from Giorgio's kitchen. And he really had sort of taste made, I thought, the area, you know, as noticed by the story of my style tiramisu, which we can discuss (laughs) later. Um, But, you know, he he really people were going to his restaurant three, four times a week. He he was employing parents and kids, which I do now, too. But um, I I thought I was going to kind of come in and do uh, Dinamo 2. That's what I had been looking for originally. And then after I shadowed with him for quite some time, I was like, oh, there's not a need for what Dinamo is in Richmond in this part of Jersey. There's a need for the classic beach-style pizzeria. And and his pizza style was so good Mm -hmm. that instead of coming in only with mine, I 
adapted and learned what he was doing as well and then took a kind of year-long slow roll into merging both menus, his and mine, until we found where it really was a happy medium. Yeah, it's a really smart instinct, Maya. I feel like that's something that's challenging for a lot of operators that are impatient. It's patience. That yeah, pre- it, it was a slow, you know, and actually we, I rebranded, did the official name change a year after purchasing the place, continued as Francesco's, yeah. but, you know, st- started to make my changes. And then when we did, when we did finally become Franny's with the new signage and the menu and was very clear about it with customers, the pandemic hit a month and a half later. Oh so, my like, gosh. you know, I'd put in all the tons of extra seating and was trying to get as many people in as possible. And then about a month and a half later, it was like, get the seats out of yeah, here. Yeah, it all <laughs> came to a crashing halt. Turn um, it into a grocery store. You mentioned the beach, and I want to bring up an important point about your restaurant. You're open year-round, but you operate a restaurant located in the heart of the Jersey Shore. It's where it begins. It's where a lot of New Yorkers come at. I think Sandy Hook National Park is worth visiting. I love it out there. Yeah. Talk about uh, like your typical like day-to-day on a, on, a, on a Friday in the summer on the Jersey Shore doing pizzas. What's it like, Maya? During the heart of the season, I mean, we're, we we have great locals and regulars that keep us afloat all year long. But in the summer, Sandy Hook, Gateway National Park, which you mentioned, which is we're the last stop before you get there. Um, and if you go any further, you just drive into the ocean. So we get, I think it's 30,000 people come to Sandy Hook Gateway every day in the yeah. summer. And the traffic is out of control. So like, you know, very much in the morning, I... When the summer's coming, there's always a red flag to the delivery driver. It's like, <laughs> do not tell me that you were late to work because of beach traffic. Like, you've lived here. you yeah. got to leave. But it, it's a real lockdown. You have to take shortcuts. It's like we're friends with the local police and have to occasionally ask escort. them to let us do some, <laughs> some pizza delivery maneuvers um, to get through the traffic. But, like, we don't even cross the bridge to go past Sandy yeah. Hook and Seabright in the off season. You, the, won't, you won't deliver up We there. won't even go there. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah, like, but... unless it's after nine o'clock at night and and the park is closing, it's just gridlock. It's crazy. Um, but we also get so much business from Sandy Hook and especially people who are, you know, go in with like 10 different people, 10, fam- 10 to 20 family members. And then they come off the beach so sunburned by 9 p.m., forgot to make a dinner plan. So we get the people who just roll in bathing suits, sunburned, ready to eat. I mean, and pizza really does cure a sunburn. Yes, I'm I think it does. pretty positive. I've, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I've experienced that. It's like the aloe vera number one and pizza number two. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the in the, in the busy, especially on a Friday, Franny's Friday, we it's our busiest night, no doubt. Um, I get into I usually go to work before we open so that I can actually get some work done. Um, and then it's kind of managing anything that needs to happen, checking in on reservations, making private party calls. And then really at 11 o'clock, it just starts. And by from five to nine on a busy Friday, we are just whooped. What are you pumping out? How many pies? Uh, I mean, well over there's 200 easy. on, yeah. But we're get, also getting. Uh, you know, special orders for 30 pies here. We get the standing orders for some of the military that's down there, teachers and camps. So who know it can vary. Have you ever had any the bear moments? You know, like bear season one, episode seven, not, ticket machine order? Not so much at Franny's. I mean, I've, I've definitely had something that felt like I had a real tough time getting through the Brujol episode. <laughs> yeah. I had some like Brujol flashbacks. Mad and, triggering. Like, oof, that one was tough. Uh, but no, for, you know, when I first took over, I was like, God, damn, this place is really turning it. Yeah. And Mama Zoo, I felt like that too, but this was a different style. This was like, Mama Zoo would turn 
on the, you know, on the hour and you would push out a whole seating of food. Same with Dinamo. But this is like this nonstop trickle because you have small orders, too. People coming in for two slices, people coming in for six pizzas as opposed to like a sit down dinner. Which we also have. So it's it's mayhem. On a Friday night, it is mayhem. Well, and, and how I do you celebrate it. the end of the night? Two shots of tequila. Yeah. Agave <laughs> spirits all the way. Yeah, it's like after 9 o'clock, two shots of tequila, start the, pay- start the paperwork. Start the paperwork and, and come back the next day. Yeah, I joke with my, you know, I joke with Maddie, my husband, all the time. Yeah. It's like, that's how I party. I have two shots of tequila a week. <laughs> it's big time. Um, let, what else are you doing at the, at the restaurant? Because I feel like um, you got pizza, but then you got the other stuff and there's a lot of other stuff. Yeah, we have, I mean, it's a full, full menu. Um, some of it I've changed from back, in the Giorgio days, but a lot of it, I brought in a lot of dishes from Dinamo, especially on the specials. Um, lots of, we're known for our fresh seafood. Uh, that area of the Jersey Shore, we're getting all the clamors. You know, we have great little net clams always on menu. Um, lots of fried, we have fried seafood. We're doing flounder. You know, the seafood is really uh, always great and fresh for the sit down during the summertime. You know, a lot of, a lot of New York folks don't realize the Jersey Shore is like operates in multitudes. It's it's not like only the MTV Beach House stuff, yeah. which which obviously. <laughs> yeah, is. that's few and far between. That's a little bit further south. Yeah. down, But yeah, I mean, the the access to good food yeah. on the Jersey Shore is plentiful for yeah. sure and good ingredients. I mean, you know, Jersey Fresh. Exactly. And, and uh, the seafood, the clamming you talk about, and, and it really is debo and beautiful seafood. And, and you can get there quickly from New York City, right? It's, it's You can get easy. there. Today was only, I took the ferry today yeah. to come see you. And they actually went to, we made it in 35 minutes. Yeah. I was like, I don't, normally it's 45 to 50. But yeah, you can take the ferry directly from uh from Seaport. Wall Street, yep. or you can take it from Midtown, and it goes, you have it Highlands, Atlantic Highlands, and now Sandy Hook during the season. So you can get to us by boat, by train, but boat is definitely like the it's, po- it's the it's way. The way. It's I used awesome. To, I used to go all the time, even before you moved there, via the, the, the sea streak, and I think for New York City listeners, to head to the Jersey Shore for the day is like really cool. I know a lot of folks go out to Brooklyn which I'm not going to shade, but man, you can just hop on that sea streak and get to Sandy Hook. Of course, stop by Franny's and some other spots yeah. in Highlands. And if you go on the sea streak on the weekends, you can also have Franny's pizza on the sea streak. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't yeah. know. That. It's nice. Um, a few more questions. I would like to know about, you know, your future. Hmm. Um, are there any dishes? Because I know you're always thinking about food, like at, as any chef and operator does. And are there any dishes that you really want to work on? Well, uh, you know, I've been chatting quite a bit about our grandma pie and how much I love the grandma pie. And a lot of that is because I think it stems, A, I think it's just delicious and, yeah. and a great pizza. I have my heart in oil press for a lot of reasons. A new, our New York style is great as well, but like that oil press crispiness of the pizza yeah. is, is the end all for me. So I'm really, I really have a lot of ideas about how to push this forward um, separate from Franny's itself, which, you know, will I'm hoping will always thrive and continue to grow. But I think that there's something to be said about the frozen market. I think there's something to be said about taking the show on the road for parties. Yep. Um, I I have some access to these new electric ovens that I'm excited to try out in the next week or two. How, how can those get? Can those get to like up they, there? They say, I mean, they say you can get up to like 500. Yeah. I, who knows? I, I have never used one. I've only ever used the gas 
oven. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to plugging it in my garage and seeing Not what bad. happens. Yeah, we've been talking to a lot of folks during Pizza Week about the the kind of model of moving outside of just the brick and mortar yeah. and catering and ways of making money. Yes, I do think, I, well, for me specifically, because we are so busy in the summer and slow it down in the winter, I just can't help but find ways to do other things during that slower time, which is why I'm trying to use that time to grow the business in other ways that don't affect the summer business. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm excited. How tough is cost of goods right now? Is it, it is just... out of control. Yeah. It Like most pizzerias that I've seen, I don't have this yet. I probably should adopt it. I've seen most menus just be like price is subject to change at <laughs> any given point whenever, right now, always. <laughs> um, and, and I feel like when I see it, it makes me proud because I'm like, good, you guys are advocating for yourself. Yeah. We've, we've done some gradual price hiking. I've kept it as moderate as I can. Mm -hmm. A lot of that being because when it's not summertime, it's our regulars and our locals. And there's, um, you know, financially Highlands in that area has a lot of, uh, what do you call it? You know, there's very high wealth. There's very... Mm -hmm. Disparity in income Disparity is the word I'm looking for. Um, I think a pizzeria like like Franny should be accessible to everybody, you know, as best as possible. There should be something for every single person in the community, for kids, for teenagers. So I'm trying to be as um, conservative as I can with my price increases, but I'm also, you know, can't. I also have to run the business. Yeah, it's it's but it, it's intense. Spot. It's it's wild. Yeah, the, with the cost increasing, it's and and finding that right pricing is is such a challenge. And trying to avoid going to Restaurant Depot too much. Oh my gosh, <laughs> my personal hell. Your personal hell. <laughs> Where do you want to be in five years? Oh, let's see. Well, by then, in five years, I would love to see Franny's still rolling, still pushing it out, still being a staple in in our area of the Jersey Shore. And I, if I could really say what I want, I want to see Franny's. I want to see Franny's up and down the Jersey Shore, at least in a in a smaller capacity. Something I've been kicking around for a while that could be potentially like uh, a beach kiosk style, yeah. or like the bungalow style pizzerias that you see. This is my this is my yeah. dream, and this is my goal. Well, the the, the Grandma Slice is is iconic in the yeah. area. You've gotten awards for it. You've been recognized for it. Yeah, so I'd like to push that a little bit further. I also find it to be um, something that I could do. That wouldn't be as all uh, encompassing as a full sit sit down restaurant, which is huge staff and, you know, all something that is a little bit more manageable to move into the retirement years. Yeah. Oh, the retirement years. Well, I'm saying that now. Eventually. Eventually. Five years is good. Let's do it. Maya, on This Is Taste, we asked our guests about the discerning taste. So to close this interview, here's a little rapid fire, fast and furious taste check. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Your favorite Italian-American dish, hands down. Pesto. Ooh. Yeah, and not only just uh, basil pesto, but I think I love it for, you know, ramp pesto, basil pesto. pistachio pesto. Pistachio, parsley pesto. Anything that you can just put and make taste that good. And also you feel good about using the ingredients. Yeah, it's a great clean out the fridge. No doubt. talk about that. We do. The best drink with pizza. Chilled Lambrusco. Yeah. Hard agree. We have a story I'll link to in the show notes. Super yeah. hard agree. The best way to eat pizza the next day. Straight up cold. No, nothing. I don't want to reheat it at all. I want a cold slice next day on the plate. Pat Stango is nodding his head. He's giving head. thumbs up. Producer Pat Stango. I feel um, I have the hardest disagree possible. I know. I've, I know this about you. I just... <laughs> cold pizza is vile. So... You know, Matt, my husband, is like, 
I think we should sell just cold pizza. I think we should sell it to people on the beach. If they want the cold pizza, let them take it. I'm like, well, I think the thing about the cold pizza is that it was hot once and then became cold. And we go back and forth. He's like, no, dude, it'll crush. I'm on the fence on selling cold pizza, but on a Tuesday yeah. when we're closed, if there's any slices left over, I beeline it straight to the fridge for a cold Fair slice. Fair enough. I mean, like, listen, I, I was being hyperbolic, but I just feel like if you just spend that little extra time, you put it in either a cast iron or even, even, even the microwave, which I know is not cool. It just tastes a little better. Big thumbs down from Maya. Big thumbs down on the microwave No pizza. microwave. And, and it's actually probably worse than cold pizza for a lot of people. You can saying. reconstitute it in the pan. I love that. I mean, that's yeah. going to make, but that's, uh, that's a different thing. It's a different thing. I want the cold, congealed slice. What about uh, the toaster oven? Great. I use toaster oven for everything. Yeah, toaster oven is great. Okay, the best dessert? Affogato. Affogato. I love that one. And as an aside, we didn't talk about your tiramisu. Oh, right. Well, th- you mean how Highlands laughed my boozy tiramisu out of town? Let's let's go there. <laughs> I wanted to hear that story. Uh, the story is that Giorgio, the old owner of Francesco's, uh, had made, made tiramisu for many years. And he won awards for it. It's very light. It's very airy. Minimal booze. It is a great tiramisu. I came up with the Ed Visayo recipe, which is like the booziest punch in your face. Your children shouldn't eat it tiramisu. (laughs) I love to make it. I love to eat it. Warning label with it. Yeah, it is a total like triple X. (laughs) It is the best. I think that's how a tiramisu should be. So when I first took over, I was making, you know, some of my seeing what was taking and what wasn't. Um, So I was offering the two types of tiramisu. uh, And I had customers come up, like really go out of the way to come up to me to tell me just how vile and disgusting my tiramisu was. (laughs) Just because they didn't like the taste of alcohol? Yeah, they just thought it was supposed to be like not more dry. You know, I think it should be wet and really coated. And these guys were like, no, the Giorgio's, which we were also offering. I wasn't saying that was a bad one. I was offering two types. But yeah, one one customer in particular who I tried to break up break up with on numerous occasions. Oh, yeah. But he, it's a whole nother conversation. A, yeah. Um, um, he was like, I, you shouldn't be sh- you shouldn't be serving this. And it happened from a few other people that were like, thank you for for trying that, but it's not for this oh, town. Yeah. I mean, Maya's tiramisu won out. <laughs> because you know what? You're the owner. So yeah, the at that point, it. that was year one. And I was like, all right, well, let's focus a little bit on just staying in business. And then I'll, <laughs> I'll recreate the menu <laughs> nice. next year. The best bread. Um, you know, I'm, I really like a fruit and nut bread. I'm like a, in the morning time when yeah. I'm making daughter for my, making breakfast for my four-year-old and I'm like, what do you want, rye or like fruit and nut? Uh, raisin fruit nut. Dude, like fruit and nut or just even a raisin toast? Raisin it, toast all day. It's a great call. Yeah. I, we don't think about our fruit and nut breads. I got, yeah, I got out, I got away from it for a while, but I'm back. You're back. I'm Your back. favorite city to visit for food? Um, right now I would say Chicago. Yeah. What yeah. do you like about it? You know, I went to a riot fest before my daughter was born with my husband, and uh, we just ate our way through Chicago yeah. and had so many different awesome, awesome meals yeah. that I would like to everything from Koreatown, uh, yeah. the Korea. I forgot what it was. Place. Parachute. No, it was the late night dance. Oh yeah, Dansen. Dansen was Dansen, so dope. Yeah, that place is great. Thank you for that recommendation. Yeah, def. But yeah, we ate barbecue. We ate a lot of seafood. It just yeah. was a great time. Good to know. I, I feel Chicago doesn't get as much credit as it should on a national level. I guess uh, now the Bears bringing it back. The Bear, but right? Before that, I was really in, into. Very true. Good point about the Bear. The Bear is definitely making Chicago cool. Yeah. Um, something you'll never make from scratch. You know, this is a tough one because I like to make everything from scratch yeah, for the do. most part. But I will say that I. In in the early days of Dinamo, for many years, I was making a lot of pasta, <laughs> lots of fresh pasta, like, you know, triggering my carpal tunnel yeah. amounts of pasta. Um, 
and sausage. So I think at this point in my life, I feel very good about my ability to make fresh pasta and fresh sausages. I don't believe I'll be doing them in my home <laughs> at, again. I would do them at the restaurant yeah. again, but at like for home cooking, I, I just don't feel the need to do fresh don't pasta at home. make your own pasta. You no, know, I think you know, also streeted pastas, like dry pastas are pretty dope too. I love dry pasta. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fr- fresh is good too, but you know what? Fresh is good. Leave it to the people at the restaurant. I don't want flour all over my kitchen. Agree. Your favorite cookbook <laughs> of all time? Uh, well, I have to say, Matt, you've given me quite my cookbook collection yeah. over the last 20 years. <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't want to... I don't want a brown nose and kiss up to your cookbook. Oh, no. But the ones that the one that I bring out a lot is the Jerusalem cookbook, yeah. which you did give me for, yeah. for Hanukkah Back in the year. day, yeah. Yoda Monolong, you guest of the show, we publish his books. And still to this day, his rice recipes in that book are just A+. plus. Yeah, I bring it out. That's the one that comes out more often than not. I love that book. A couple more. Your favorite vegetable? Um... Swiss chard, probably. Oh, my gosh. I really love Swiss chard. I love the stem. I love the leaf. I like those whole leafy, big veggies, like, you know, Asian greens, Italian-style yeah. braised, any of the leafy, olive oily, sautéed braised greens. That's what I want. Oh, my gosh. I had a chard conversation with somebody recently, and it was not as positive. Really? They weren't into it, or you weren't into it? I wasn't into it. You don't love chard? But, you know, this. we don't need to litigate my love of I'm chard. I'm curious I, I now, though. Like, or, or not love of chard. I, I just, I don't love the flavor of chard. I think there's, Too this, there's a salinity there. It's a little earthiness, and I think the leaves are a little bit um, unwieldy. But Strong disagree, brother. I know. I love it. This is what food's all about. <laughs> yeah. And family and food. Hey, it's family. It's family. Um, last one, Maya, your favorite sandwich. Uh, you know, this one is tough because there's, I feel like it changes seasonally for me. And there's, can I give you two? Yeah. All right. My classic all-time sandwich is a proper BLT. I want, yep. a, I want a good BLT, crispy bacon, great tomatoes, the right amount of mayo, maybe horseradish mayo. I'm not against putting avocado on it or the fancying it up. Man, I'll do it. That. Um, so that's like if I'm going somewhere and I don't know what to get and it seems, a little, even if it's like a little sketch, I'm a sketch deli, I'll be like, how bad can the BLT be? Oh my gosh. Uh, and then past that, I'm really into the cold prosciutto mat. Prosciutto mozzarella arugula. That's like yep. with a little pepper relish on that one. Little I, hot pepper. I, I love that call. And just to close, let's talk about the Italian combo at Franny's. I'm <laughs> yeah. personally, I got to do olive oil, vinegar, and mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. The three-way. I don't know how you feel about that choice. I'm fine with mayonnaise on it. It seems to be a more of a, tr- you know, I'm from... <laughs> Ohio than Virginia. Yeah. Uh, we don't really have a problem with mayonnaise in no, those areas. <laughs> we don't. But I think, Pat, you like yours with a little bit of olive oil and vinegar, right? We were talking about that before. You're more of an olive oil vinegar Italian club, yeah. People are so serious about it. Like, you know, I'll have a lot of tri-state area locals come in and really get on me about the mayonnaise. I'm like, listen, I put it in bold on the menu so you can see that it's on there so you can know to take it off. Respect your opinion yep. with no mayo, but... I think it's good with mayo. My Anitai, thank you so much for joining This Is Taste. Thank you for having me. This Is Taste is hosted by Eliza Abarbanel and me, Matt Rodbar. The show is produced by Shalia Harris and Pat Stango and edited by Clayton Gumbert. Theme music by Steve Rydell. Visit Taste Online at tastecooking.com and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter for updates on all cool things that are happening. 